0: This winter has been mild and warm. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report, and here to tell us why we're experiencing this type of weather and forecast and what it can mean for the planting season is Dan Vimont. He's a professor of atmospheric and oceanic sciences at UW-Madison.
1: Uh, it is kind of an anomaly. Uh, certainly it's been dry this year. We had a really dry summer, and then we had some respite from that in uh, late September or October, I think. Uh, But then, once again, November was very dry again, and we've kind of seen that continue through December here. Uh, It is very warm in December as well. There's a couple of things that may be contributing to that. Um, One is just natural weather fluctuations. Sometimes you just get a a dry spell. Uh, Sometimes you just get a warm spell. And so uh, certainly we've been in this situation where uh, we've had this warm, dry weather uh, predominantly for the last couple of weeks. The two of the things that are contributing, uh, one is the long-term trend in in temperature. Uh, We've seen uh, increases in temperature, especially in wintertime uh, in Wisconsin. Uh, of about uh, five degrees Fahrenheit, five to six degrees Fahrenheit uh, in winter uh, temperatures uh, over the last 50 years or, or 70 years or so. And then the other thing on top of that is the current El Nino event. Uh, and it's, it's hard to imagine how something that's occurring in the middle of the tropical Pacific would affect weather here, but uh, it's, uh, El Nino events are enormous events. And so we're seeing uh, warm global temperatures as a result of those last two, the the El Nino event and the long-term upward trend in temperature here.
0: Are we usually in an El Nino this time of year? And what exactly does that mean?
1: That's a good question. So an El Nino happens about every Five to seven years, three to seven years thereabouts, Uh, and an El Nino event is uh, is a warming uh, in the equatorial Pacific. That seems like pretty far from us. It was actually there's a. It was originally identified by sailors and fishermen off of the coast of Peru back in the 1800s. They identified the El Nino and they called it El Nino because it shows up right around this time of year, and so they would they refer to it as the coming of the child in uh, the tradition of the area uh, where Christmas was celebrated. They referred to El Nino as the child and it's it 's a warming in the equatorial Pacific now it seems like it 's really far away, but you got to keep in mind that the Pacific Ocean covers one-third of the entire Earth. It's larger than all of the land masses combined. And the equatorial region is the largest region on the planet, if you think of a basketball. The top and the bottom of a basketball are kind of small compared to the middle of the basketball all the way around. And so uh, when an El Nino event happens, there's a complete reorganization of the entire heat content of the entire Equatorial Pacific Ocean. It is an enormous uh, uh, climatological event. It's the biggest thing that can happen on a year-to-year timescale on our planet uh, from a climate uh, standpoint. So when those occur, when we have that warming uh, in the Equatorial Pacific, we tend to see warmer temperatures following that. Uh, and certainly global temperatures right now have shattered the the uh, global record um, of uh, w- we're the warmest year on record by a couple of tenths of a degree, which is enormous.
0: So El Nino means warm, dry here in Wisconsin, correct?
1: Yeah. Uh, oftentimes we'll see warmer weather here in Wisconsin during strong uh, El Ninos, and this one is a strong El Nino. So that's, that's what you expect. But uh, as they say, climate is what you expect and weather is what you get. Some years, uh, we've actually seen cold uh, conditions here in Wisconsin during El Nino, but if you take an average over all the years, over all the El Nino years that you see, in general, we tend to be a little warmer here in Wisconsin winters uh, during El Nino events, and that's consistent, certainly, with what we've been seeing.
0: When does it break, typically? Like, how long does an El Nino last, and when are we going to see relief, especially on the moisture side of things, because that's what we're going to need come planting season?
1: Yeah, the good news there is that El Niño events tend to peak around now, so around uh, the end of the calendar year, December. Uh they begin uh usually in uh, the June ahead of time and they last for about 9 to 9 to 12 months. Uh, so they kind of grow up until this point, and then they start decaying shortly after this point. So by the time, say March April rolls around, that on uh, this El Nino event will be uh, either transitioning to the opposite a La Nina event, which is colder conditions in the in the Pacific, or uh, more just the transition to to normal uh, a normal situation in the Pacific. What that means for us is we may see some warmer temperatures uh, this winter. But come springtime, it's kind of anybody's guess. We're back into uh, maybe a normal situation where where we don't know whether it's going to be dry or wet yet.
0: Do you know how behind we are on moisture?
1: Um, it depends on the metric you're using. There, I know that we've been uh, in uh, certainly the southwest part of the state has been in moderate to severe drought most of the year, and it currently still is uh, in drought conditions. Southwest part of the state, and then the northern part of the state. I don't know how behind we are in terms of. Uh, you know, the actual number of inches of rain that have fallen this this hydrological year. You know, one of the the things to keep in mind is during the wintertime, once the ground is frozen, it doesn't really matter how much rain we get because we're not going to get any replenishing of soil. Uh, once it melts in spring, that's when we're, we're hoping for, uh, you know, dry conditions to for uh, uh, planting and then wet conditions after planting would... Uh, would be ideal.
0: Dan Vymont along with us, he's a professor of atmospheric and oceanic sciences at UW-Madison. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.